And if you would, before we go into our morning message, uh, I'm asking if you would just stretch a hand toward the screen. We, we have a map of the world, and I know that we are, have a lot, I'm sure, if you're anything like most, whether it's the news or social media, you've already been praying prayers, but there is power in praying together. And praying for repentance, praying for conviction, praying for salvation, for some, praying for protection, just all of the things that come to mind that God save families, save children, save, and, and I'm sure that's coming to mind, but then even spiritually, save their souls, uh, save, save people's souls in all of this. And so if you would, if you're physically able, just stretch a hand toward the screen. I just want to pray for our world today. Um, you know, obviously with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, but a lot of different things worldwide. You know, the last few weeks I've been burdened. My wife's been telling me, Micah, go to bed. Uh, watching what's happening in Canada. I'm born and raised in Canada. Just so much going on in our world. Will you take some quiet time right now and pray? Will you do that, God, all over this room? We pray today. We pray for leaders. We pray for wisdom. We pray for your hand to be at work in the, in the midst of what the Bible would say, evil seducers will wax worse and worse. That we're not caught off guard by evil that tries to overcome we remind ourselves today in the power of prayer. We remind ourselves that even in the midst of evil, there is still grace. There is still the truth that greater is he that's on the inside of us than he that's in the world. And we pray today for nations. We pray for our world. This week, several times, just reminding myself, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And I know even as we pray today, God, that your heart is for the world. And so I pray for people to turn to you. I pray for people to be saved. I pray for those that right now are in severe crisis, that you would be with them, that they would sense your presence. I pray that even in moments like this, that there would be a turn of hearts back to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. We speak Jesus. It's not just the song we speak Jesus today, and I pray these prayers in that name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today on a message that I have been working on for some time now, and I really would like for it to be a self-reflection kind of message an introspective kind of message that sometimes we hear God's word and we can think of others. Man, I really hope she's listening. I really hope he's paying attention, right? Sometimes we can have those thoughts. Sometimes the message turns us Godward, which is a good thing, and we think, great are you, Lord, kind of messages. Sometimes there's handles. What do I need to do at work, on my job, in my school? It, it gives you handles Monday to Saturday. Today, I would like for the message to be self-reflective, that you're not thinking about the person five or six chairs down from you. You're saying, search me. Search me, O oh Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Like, I want this message today that you would just tell God, I want this message to be right to me. I know there's people from the front to the back, side to side, but help me to lean in and focus in the next 30 minutes and speak to me today. How many would like God's word to speak to you today? 
speak to you today. And so I want to read out of Hebrews chapter number 10, Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 25. Our word of the year is the word together. You see some of the new merch that's arrived in the lobby with the word together and more will be coming. This year the theme will be, you're going to hear often, just that word together and how it can apply to you. I want to reference that word in verse 25 here of Hebrews 10. And let us not give up meeting together. The King James Version would say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more. You say, Pastor Micah, what's going on in our world? Pastor Micah's at the beginning of sorrows. Pastor Micah, what about the Gospel of Matthew? Pastor Micah, I would love just to even zone in on this one verse today and remind all of us this is not the time to slip. It's not the time for us to give up on being together. Not the time for us to grow weak in our faith. He said that you need to do this, this encouraging, this gathering, this this togetherness. You need to do it even more as you see Christ's return approaching. When you look at the word together, You know, some people would gather in a home, some people would gather in schools or theaters today, you know, even meeting with the Metters on Friday night, they're starting a church in September in Columbus, and, you know, they've asked me to be their pastor, and so we're navigating different buildings they're looking at and different lease options that that they have. People, planters will be gathered in all kinds of spaces. Here we are on 60,000 square feet, and in Belleville, Ohio, and I'm very grateful for the blessings God has given us here. And when I think about gatherings, wherever people are gathering, for us, 541 State Route 97, that I'm very thankful for all of the people that make meetings possible. So, when I was talking to a planter this week, they actually said 5 a.m. They, they start at 5 a.m., people that do set up teardown. We've been there. Junior and Regina and others who have been with us, we're coming up on 19 years, March 23rd. But people who have been with us for years and years, they know what set up teardown is. They know what unloading the trailers for kids ministry and, and the nursery, and they know what that's like. You know, years that we would set up chairs and then you pile them all up afterwards. Now, in this space, it's a different kind of preparation. There's people, like I said, that, that were in here every single day working on lighting. I was so grateful. You know, we had some lights out and some were going different colors and all kinds of craziness. And, and not only is it that the original lights was like thirty-seven or 38,000 just for the lights, not, not the setup, not pr- just the lights and working on it all week. If I didn't bring it up, chances are you could just come in and sit down, not even notice the difference. Like, you just come in and like, thank God it's Sunday morning. But someone's been working on lights all week. And then if we had time, we could go through the parking lot and first impressions and signage and kids check-in and cafe and, and, and. 
But the reality is we wouldn't have kids ministry, we wouldn't have safety, we wouldn't have all the people who volunteer and help clean with Julie. Every time I'm in a hallway or a room through the week now, I feel like there's people like, I'm just helping Julie clean, I'm just helping Julie clean. I'm, we wouldn't have all of those things. The worship team up here, hours and hours and hours goes into three or four songs. I know it seems like 20 minutes now, but it's hours and hours with Pastor Mowry and Stacy and Joel and all of the team for us to get to the 20 minutes. We wouldn't have all of that. So when we say don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, I think we've got to start with when we assemble, let's not forget to be thankful for everything that went into the assembly. Would you let them know how grateful you are? And then I want to commend and celebrate the people who prioritize meeting together. Because when I look today, every curtain's pulled. I see people, I think, in every row that I see. And the element of, statistically, people will say, well, some people only go Christmas and Easter, and it's not Christmas or Easter today. Just in case it's been a blur of a week, you're like, I don't even know what it is. It's not Christmas or Easter and then people will say, one study I read, people come 17 times a year. Another study I read, people come 12 times a year. And some of you, maybe you've had a crazy week when chance references being overwhelmed or the craziness of a week. Maybe you've had that kind of a week, but you still got up today. You know, the prayer team alone, when people was telling me there was people here at 6, 7 o'clock, I met the prayer team here, 20 or 30 of our prayer team across the front, met, met them here at 8 o'clock, they were here for a 45-minute training on just some of the things we want to be aware of when we pray for you, some of the respect we want to have to your space. They would come early just for a meeting like that, and I want to commend all of the people that you could have slept in, right, you could have hit snooze, you could be home drinking your coffee. But you are in God's presence saying, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, build your church. And I could be here, but it wouldn't be the same if you weren't here, right? I'm really glad you're here. And so not only am I thankful for the people who put in the work, I'm thankful to you for showing up. I'm glad you're here. Just look at someone in your row and tell them right now, it's good to see you this morning. I want you to think about what if they weren't here? What if they weren't here? I was so glad to see the goons. They drive almost an hour to get here to church. They were on my mind like five times this week when I went and told them that. And Joe said that I was on his mind this week. I'm so glad I got to see the goons. That made my day better. I, I would not want to be preaching right now without the goons here. Right? I don't want to look down in the second row and not see the Fishers. I love the Fishers, not, ju not just because Austin knows more about sports than any other person I've ever met in my life. If you have a sports question, this guy right here in the second row, he's unbelievable. I'm serious. And then we have Michelle down here who's been coming for years now. She's a nurse. She's a medical professional. I'm so grateful for every medical professional. We pray for you often. We're thankful for what you do. I wouldn't want to do light life without Michelle. 
And then we have Judge McKinley sitting down here. And the other day at lunch when we're talking about what can we do for our city? What can we do for our region? What can we do for our first responders? What can we do for our safety services? And all of those conversations. I wouldn't want to do life without you and what you do. And if we had time today, I could go person to person to person. When you look down the row, I'm really serious when we say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We wouldn't want to do life without each other. Last week when Anthony Gaddis, and I just told him when I walked across and said, Anthony, thank you for coming on the stage last week. And we honored Anthony. Anthony has served our country for years and years. And we said how much we appreciate all of the men and women who have served our country. We honored that second service last week. I wouldn't want to do life without the Gaddises. I wouldn't want to do life without the Gaddises. And the writer here tells us, he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. And I think after you're here for a while, it's easy to let it slip. The writer told the church in Galatia, you started well. Who did hinder you? No wonder Jesus multiple times would say, he that endures to the end, or 1 Peter 1, receiving the end of your salvation. That, that There's something about like the quarter mark, the halfway mark, like there, a, after you've done something for a while, sometimes discipline, we're called disciples, right? We're, we're disciples of Christ. Sometimes discipline kicks in, and not everything you do is because you want to do it. Some things are you've made a discipline in your life, like as for me in my house, kind of a thing. And, and I just, I want to celebrate, you know, we'll, we'll honor VIPs and, and we'll say if this is your first time or first time in a long time and a QR code, $50 in groceries and stop by in the lobby. And I am so grateful when I meet VIPs on a Sunday in the lobby, people's like, Pastor Micah, come over here, my coworker, this person I work with, and Pastor Micah, my one neighbor, and I want to meet you. And I'm like, and what was your name? And, what? and, that's, and I'm serious. I'm so glad to meet you. But I also want to thank God for the people that are out in the lobby that people's not like, hey, this person's been coming 13 years, Pastor Mike. This person over here, 15 years now, they've worked in kids' ministry. I know we probably don't do a lot of that, but I want you to hear me say publicly, I'm thankful for the people who have been around for years and years and years, and you're still coming. You are still assembling together. That matters. Statistically, they say the average parishioner stays somewhere between 18 months and 36 months, and then they transition. So when you hear me say, Elias, almost 19 years, Julie Hinklin, almost 19 years, Powers, almost 19 years, Nathan and Cody, how many years now? How long? Nine years. Barnett's, how many years? Seven years. When you hear me say that, that matters. That's not just like a slide into a service. That they're blowing the statistics out of the water. What if they had time to leave? Do they have times to get upset? Are they like, they didn't sing my song today? I'm sure people have tons of opportunities to be like, you know what? I'm fine. Peace out. I'm going to the next place. But something that's like, I'm going to be planted in the house of God. I'm going to be rooted in the house of God. I want to flourish in the courts of God. Thank God for people who continue to come. Reminded me this week preparing 
the joke about Larry. Larry had been shipwrecked and ended up living alone on a desert island for years and years, and finally they rescued Larry. Before leaving the island, Larry gave the rescue party an island tour. He's telling the rescue party, he said, I see that house right there? I built myself a house. That, that's it right there. Then he pointed over and he said, see that barn? That's a barn I built. Then he said, over there, that's, that's, the, that's the church I worship in. One of the rescuers asked, they, they said, what, what's, that, what's that building over there? Larry sneered, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> It's easy sometimes. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect church. And it's easy sometimes to get uprooted. So I just want to celebrate all the people who stay rooted. We ask in growth track, we will ask people, what do you prefer in a church? The last couple of years, we'll ask people, what do you prefer in a church? Because Ray, who helps run Growth Track and, and a lot of others on the team, they want to put pressure on me by telling me this is all the stuff people want. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Sort of. Um, the list is long, and I'm only sharing with you a portion. This is not even the whole list. This is just a portion of the list. But this, and there's some great things on this list. These are some things people prefer in a church. Worship, you'll see some of them on the screen. Worship, discipleship, life-applicable messages, welcoming, love, grace, truth, trust, outreach, kids ministry, students, diversity, safety, structure, stability, sensitivity, missions, generational, some of these ones, I didn't include all of them, but some of the no pressure to give, non-judgmental, location, pastoral care, and then you see some other ones, I believe, in, in the, the pictures of what people would say, when I'm looking for a church, this is the kind of church I'm looking for. Ephesians 4 will be my final scripture reading of, of the day. Ephesians 4 says, verse 11 to 16, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. His purpose. Everyone say his purpose. All of us hopefully share those sentiments like we want God's will, not just what we want. His purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ. Till we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's son, God's goal, God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants. I want you to think about that. It's almost like the the writer is telling us, don't be a baby. Micah, don't be a baby. Or you, don't be a baby. As a result, I know it's strong. That's why I want you to think about self-reflection. We aren't supposed to be infants. Any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes. Everything that happens all of a sudden, we're just here and there. And He said, you're not supposed to do that. Talks about deceitful scheming and tricks that, are, 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 that people play to mislead others. Instead, speaking the truth with love. How many knows that's important? 
You don't want to just hear the truth. It's important that you would know myself or whoever's speaking loves you. Right? The reason Pastor Kevin talks to me like Pastor Kevin talks to me is I know he loves my family. And when you know someone loves you, it changes everything. You grow into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him as it is joined and held together. There's that word again, together. By all the supporting ligaments, the body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love as each one does its part. As each one does its part. This is where I want you to self-reflect today on are you playing your part? Are you playing your part? When you look at these verses of Scripture, we see throughout all of these verses, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. With all due respect, it's not a pastor, it's not a pope, it's not an organization, it's not a denomination, it's not a board, it's not donors. Jesus is the head of the church. Now, I know we could think, well, that's a given. Well, I don't know if it's always a given. Sometimes our way can get in the way of what God's trying to do. And we need reminded, Jesus is the head of the church. And the Bible says here that he gave, verse 11, he gave what people would call, maybe you've never even looked at this a lot, but he gave, if you've ever heard the words, the five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. I heard a pastor once say that I was working for, you know, I went to Bible college in 1990 and worked for numerous pastors and summers and internships, and then I traveled, and, and along the way, student ministry and executive leadership and I heard one pastor say, like, I, and I remember, I'm the five-fold ministry incarnate. Like, I'm everything. Just here I, and, and if, if we're not careful, churches can turn into that. The pastor's everything. The pastor's going to come early. The pastor's going to turn the heat on. Pastor's going to turn the lights on. Pastor's going to have all the doors open. The, and, and if he doesn't, people could get upset, like, we're paying you, like, and it, it can very easily become a one-man thing. You can get that with church boards, where the church board's going to control everything. Like they could walk around, big, like 30 keys on a ring on their belt, like, oh, you need in the prayer room? Is that what you need in? Follow me. <laughs> I'm being serious. Where the church can become something where one or two or three or four people are doing everything. But today, I just want to look at Scripture and ask you, in God's plan, God's goal, are we all playing our part? The goal or the intention is to equip God's people so they can serve and build. Serve and build. Serve and build. You say, but I don't want to build the church. 
I don't even like that song. You know, I ha- I'm serious. I had someone just yesterday tell me, say, I, I don't like that you do two services. Just yes, I-, I don't like two services. And I'm thinking, well, number one, we couldn't even get people into one service right now. He said his desire was one service. I couldn't even get people into one service. And I understand, I understand people that are, because yesterday, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. The sentiments are shared, Pastor Micah, we don't get to know everybody. We don't get to see everybody. Well, I don't know that a church should always know everybody ever. I think there should be VIPs here today that you're like, and what was your name? Like, I think if I walk in and I know everybody all the time, somewhere someone's dropping the ball and actually bringing someone, right? And furthermore, just through the mindset of, and I'm just giving you an example, maybe you sit one and then you serve one and you get a chance to see everybody. You know, am am I serving building? Am I serving building? Because if a church stops building, I want you to think about it. When you look at the King James Version, it's going to say, it's going to say for the equipping, you know, uh, for, for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. If, Damien, if we stop building, building anything, building up each other, building our faith, building spiritual growth, building discipleship, building your beliefs. Building baptism, we talked about 203 people water baptized last year. You and I don't ever want to stop serving and building. And then the writer is going to say in the same passage, because anytime he starts talking about the body of Christ, maybe you've heard people say that, the big picture body of Christ, or the, people will say the local body, what they mean is the local part of the big body of Christ. There's really only one church, Right? When he's talking about that and he's saying, you all need to play your part, and then you get some of those other dynamics that play in with, I've been here eight years, I've been here nine years, I've been here 30 minutes. Like, and then churches sometimes can get into almost like hierarchy and almost, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like we're all level at the foot of the cross. I don't care if today's your first day here or someone's been here 18 years. We're all loved by God. We're all, and that's important to know. That's important to know. This is not a club. This is not a club. This is a church. And in that, and in that, anytime you get a lot of people that's like, okay, I want to play my part. I think we should park cars like this. I, th- I think we should hold the door like this. I, you know, I think we should sing. I think, you know, no different than yesterday. I think we should have one service. Like sometimes we can laugh at like, what? Someone said one service and then we say a hundred other things. Right? Now the writer's going to say, all of you people involved, you need to keep unity. That's what he tells them. You read it with me. We need to keep unity because the devil is going to try so hard to divide. Just this week, I'm talking to a guy 
and we're, we're walking through the building, and he says, Pastor Micah, you really seem to have an emphasis on children. And unapologetically, I said, yes, I do. I love the kids' ministry and the student ministry in college night. I love, even Wednesday nights, I'm only a few weeks into it, but I had a couple of students, Jalen at ORU and Cam, the quarterback, it's Ohio Dominican, they have a hard time getting to church all the time, and I said, let's start a, a Wednesday 9 o'clock Bible study online. First week we had three, second week we had 18, last week we had 25, and they're like, this is my college friend, this is a roommate, and, this, and I'm loving it. I, I am, and unapologetically, I love what God is doing with our kids and our students and our college age. I know statistics say they're falling away, they're giving up on their faith, but we're going to do our part. I can't speak for every other area around the world, but we're going to do our part here to not let that happen, but to raise up a generation that loves and serves Jesus. And just to give you an example, and I know what he meant, but as I'm walking through the building, and he's like, you really seem like you have an emphasis on kids, and I say, yes, I do. And he's like, so do you have very many gray hair people that come to your church? <laughs> Not funny. It's, it crossed my mind. I'm like, <laughs> But I was proud in a healthy way. I was proud walking through that hallway to start thinking about so many of you that attend here that you would have some Asian experience in your life. That the fact that someone even thinks that a church that has an emphasis on kids would somehow push older people away. I'm glad that I go to a church where when I look down a row, I could see someone younger and someone older on the exact same row. I don't ever want to lose that here. I want to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That when we hear those words, think three, Paul told Timothy, stir up what was in your mom and your grandma. That's three generations. Or Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that's three generations. Or Proverbs, leave an inheritance to a children's children. That's three generations. Don't ever let it, because the enemy will do it. I'm talking about division. The enemy will do it. He'll start messing with your mind that the church doesn't care about you. The church doesn't care about your age bracket. All he cares about... Stop, stop, don't let the devil get in your mind. Be thankful that you are part of something from the youngest to the oldest where God is working and God is moving and God, celebrate it, celebrate it. And we're talking today about am I playing my part? Am I playing my part? The Bible talks about older women Pour into younger ladies, pour into younger women. That's, that's scripture. The Bible will talk in the book of Acts about young men are going to dream dreams and older men and, and visions. That it's important for us that we play our part. It shouldn't be like this, like that 21-year-old, or how old are you, Chance? Tw are you 21? Oh, I'm good. I could work at the fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
But it shouldn't be like, what's that 21-year-old up here all the time saying whatever? Like, there should be something like, come on, Chance. I believe it. I'm 49, Chance. I'm over double your age. I am cheering you on. I am, I'm praying for you. I'm believing in you. And if I was to go to Trey in Brooklyn and Isaac, Isaac, stand up uh, for, for a minute. Uh, Isaac has just started a ministry in the nursing homes and multiple weeks in now in multiple nursing homes. He's sending me pictures where they're like, is Isaac coming again this week? Is Isaac coming again? He's playing games with them and visiting. Come on, Isaac. Keep doing what you can do. Pour into. This is not, is it young people, middle-aged people, old people? It's all of us. We are, we're better together. And don't try to separate us. Don't try to pull us apart. We are, we're together. We're together, right? In our final few minutes, we're talking about age. I, I heard about the grandpa talking to his grandson. The young boy asked his grandpa, said, Grandpa, how old are you? The grandpa jokingly replied, I'm not even really sure anymore. The little boy responded, well, you need to look in your underwear, grandpa. <laughs> Mine says I'm four to six. I don't know what year your underwear is telling you you are, but we're all in this together, right? <laughs> it's not funny. The enemy wants to divide. You've already looked down your row once. Will you look down again and just tell someone beside you the enemy's trying to divide us? Say it like you mean it. The enemy's trying to divide us. He'll try to divide us with age. He'll try to divide us with race. You're not dividing us with race. You are not turning us. I just want the devil to know you're not turning us against each other. And if there's a spirit of racism, expose it. If you have race, you need to repent. Jesus didn't just die for you. The enemy will divide us. And preferences and parenting. And if I had time to talk about all of it, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional about saying, I am not letting the devil divide me. I know Psalm 133, if brothers dwell together, together, that's our word, together in unity, God commands a blessing. You're not dividing me. I know Acts chapter 2, they were together. You're not dividing me. What could stop story side? Division. He says, be mature. He talks about the fivefold ministry here in the home stretch of our message. What role does the fivefold ministry have in your life? What does it look like to be pastored? So if you were to tell me today, Micah, this is the pastor I think you should be, and some of you do that, but uh, <laughs> that's not fine. It's my last joke of the day. Uh, So biblically, we have a responsibility. We have an oversight for your soul. I appreciate when you honor me. I appreciate when you pray for me. But don't put me on a pedestal. I need Jesus just like you do. So I'm grateful that you honor me, but I'm not perfect up here, and you're down here like I need Jesus. The Pelkey family needs Jesus too. 
We all need Jesus. In the role of God calling me to pastor you, I think people need pastored. People need those apostolic and prophetic giftings. You know, people over the years have said, Pastor Micah, you have an apostolic gifting. You have a prophetic gifting. People will say that to me. I'm just telling you, we need spiritual oversight in our lives. In 2022, a lot of people are resorting to like podcast pastors. And people will say, and, and they'll tell me like, Pastor Stephen is my pastor. Pastor Robert Morris is my pastor. Pastor Andy Stanley is my pastor. No, he's not. He's not your pastor. He might be your preacher. He might be your podcast gym guy, right? But he's not your pastor. The sad thing is that I'm not some of your pastor. I'm just your preacher. There's a big difference between someone who preaches to you and someone who pastors you. Someone who pastors you, they're loving for you, they're caring for you, they're checking in on you, but there's also an element where you want that, right? Where you want, hey, what do you think about? Or will you pray for my kid? Or I'm thinking of transitioning jobs or multiple of you. I can think even in the room. I remember Adam calling me one day like, Pastor, I'm thinking of making a major career change. Will you please pray for me? We talked at length that day. That's an honor for me when someone would even like include me in that decision. So, When you look at this passage of scripture, just asking yourself, like, am I okay with just having a preacher? Or do I really want there to be fivefold ministry? Do I really want there to be oversight in my life? I want to put the phone number on on the screen again. This is the church cell phone number, and I, I try to take this multiple days a week. Sometimes we'll spend hours on it. If you want to take out your phone and take a picture of it, The reason I'm putting that up there is I don't want anyone to say, I don't feel we're cared for. I don't want want to hear that. I want to care for you. I want our team to care for you. Here's where I need your help. The average church in North America is somewhere around 76. Some people say it's 92, but wherever that number is. Here's the reality. One person, so let's put me in this position right now. One person can only pastor healthily, they say, up to about 250 people, and that's if they're like just crushing it. I can't do all this myself. I can't run back and forth doing kids and students and outreach and nursing homes and all these things. We have a team. Here's how you can help me. When you say, okay, I want oversight. Here's how you can help me is if, if do, we, do you need the number again? Yeah, put it back up there. You got it? I still see a few people with their phones out. Here's how you can help me is if Pastor Chad, so Pastor Chad's over pastoral care. If Pastor Chad calls you, texts you, reaches out to you, that you just know that's all of us. We have 25 people on staff. You would just know that's from all of us. We have a shared document. Where, where's Lisa Nelson? Is Lisa Nelson? Lisa's over here. Lisa helps Pastor Chad. Lisa over here in the second row. And so our morning prayers and, and weekly requests, she's constantly uploading that in shared documents where all of us can see. We built a deck here. We helped this people get an air conditioner in their house. We prayed for them. Garnet yesterday and her health, and I'm out on the phone yesterday and, and some, th- like, so many things. We're just sharing, 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 where if one person, it doesn't matter if it was Pastor Chad, if one person tries to care for everybody at Storyside, that's impossible. So we have to embrace that Isaac's gonna be at the nursing home right? We have to embrace that Lisa is helping, Pastor Chad is helping. We're all on one team together. And it's really helpful 
it's really helpful if you communicate too. So like sometimes people will leave the church. I wish I had an hour right now and I don't, but sometimes people will leave the church and they will say, no one reached out to me in two months. No one reached out to me in six months. I, maybe this is like a long, long, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is a stretch. But here's what I wish you would do. Reach out to us. Reach out to us. Because we make this a one-way street where it's like, pastor hasn't called me in three weeks or pastor hasn't. And what, what, if, what if you help me, please? Just by saying, you know what, pastor, I want to transition churches. Like, if you want to do that, just tell me. I'm not mad. I'm not a... People would tell you that have done it and told me. We have blessed them. We've cried together. We reminisced about baptisms and all kinds of things. And I prayed over them and blessed them. And they've gone. Other people sometimes leave. And three, four, five months later, I find out they go here, they go here, they go... Now, I know it can all come back on me. Like, well, if you're really doing your job... Honestly, I actually think these scriptures remind us we're all in this together. We all play our part and just communicate. Don't make me guess. If you need a gas card, tell me you need a gas card. If you need groceries, let us know you need groceries. If, if you need to reach out to our benevolent team or a missions team or your mom has surgery on Thursday or whatever it is, try not to make us out of the five-fold ministry just be the prophetic all the time like, I just, uh, Thursday at 8 o'clock, Thursday at 8 o'clock. Take that guessing game away from us. If it works, great, but just communicate with us. Would that be fair? I want to pastor you well. I want you to feel cared for. So I'm going to jump down. I have a lot more, but I'm going to jump down. Um, when I talk about serving and building, when I talk about playing your part, Sometimes people will say this, the church doesn't even know I'm here, especially if you grow. When I say the average being 76, anytime you grow, it's easy for the devil to get in your mind or sometimes your own self, like the church doesn't even know I'm here. Let me ask you a question. What if you were so connected that it would be impossible to not know you're here? What if you were so relational? What if you were so plugged in? What if you were so part that someone would say, where's Ann? Right? So I, I know, listen, I know it's easy to always blame the pastor, but sometimes we could broaden that when we just look at the kingdom, the body. We could broaden that a little bit and say, God, I don't want to just point the finger at someone else. What is my part here? What is my part here? So question in closing. This is my fourth closing. Usually I do three, but this is... Here's the, this was the main part of my message, and I'm not even going to get to it. If everyone in this church were just like me, what kind of church? Sounds like Dr. Zeus, doesn't it? That's what I told my wife. The other night, we're laying in bed, and I'm like, babe, I almost sound like Dr. Zeus kind of a thing. If everyone in this church were just like me, what kind of church would this church be? So I want you to think, this is self-reflection. This is self-reflection. What if everyone prayed like you? What if everyone prayed like you? Now, I know you have your own individual gifting. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what you contribute. What if everyone prayed like you? What if everyone brought people like you? I know some people. I think Jalen Scott's brought 30 people to StorySide. 
But I think some other people, if they were honest, would say, I've never invited anyone. What if everyone brought people like you? What if everyone honored like you honor? Or statistically, they say 70% of people don't give. I'm not giving to those preachers, con artists, money grabbers. Work one day a week, eat chicken. I'm not giving to them. <laughs> what if everyone in the church gave like you? What if everyone in the church served like you? Would we have a kids' ministry? Would we have a first impressions theme? Would everything be prepared and in order for services like this if everyone served just like you? What about if everyone worshiped like you or praised like you? I'm not saying from a perspective of, perspective of puppeting. I'm just saying we do believe scripturally God inhabits praise. So if everyone took the posture you have, What kind of church would that be? We have people that come early every week and pray over every chair. Let's pray over chairs. God bless whoever sits in this row. God bless whoever sits in this seat. If everyone in the church loved like you, loved like you, what kind of church would this be? Here's a good one. What if everyone in the church forgave like you? I'm not forgiving them. What if everyone in the church forgave like you? What kind of church would this be? This is self-reflective, I know, but what, what if everyone in the church had the same drama levels as you? If unity, if you were the barometer, if, if, if you are the level of story side, your unity, what kind of church would this be? When people start talking at a life group, when people start talking in a text thread, when people start talking on social media, if everyone had the same perspective of unity as what you have, silence is not support. You're like, I didn't say anything. Silence is not support. One of the hardest things to do will be to speak up and say, I don't think we should talk about the McKinleys that way. I don't think we know all the details. I think there's probably more to the story. You're like, I just don't know. But what if everyone in the church had the same level drama, unity? What about social media, or being planted, or being rooted. It's my third time that I've referenced the powers. But I want you to think about it. I'm looking at these old emails this week. Regina and I went back, I was looking at prayer team notes and emails from Regina and I from 2010. And I'm reading back and forth of some of the notes of the prayer team. And Junior, I have the attendance. It was like 97, 111, 113. I have the email, and I'm looking at them just this week. Do you know how many times the powers probably could have walked away? Statistically, if it's 18 to 36 months. Now let me ask you, what if everyone at StorySide had the same stickability as the powers? 
Can you imagine? Like, I'd be like a little kid. Like, everybody's going to have commitment like Junior and Regina. But ask yourself, what if everyone had this same, like, I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm aggravated? Or the flip side, what if it's your optimism, your perspective? You know what? I believe Richland County, Morrow County, Knox County, Ashland County, Ohio. I believe the military. We, Pastor Chad, we just got into the prison the last week or two. We're going to be having services out there on Wednesdays and Sundays. And it's unbelievable what's happening out there. What if you were the opposite? Like, I believe God's going to do great things in Storyside. And I believe from the youngest to the oldest, our best days are still ahead of us. You get to choose which part you're going to play. <laughs> Hebrews 10.25, and let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more. Don't give up. Read those words. Let us, I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to sit on a couch. I don't want to listen to a podcast. I want to see you. I want to worship with you. I want to love you and care for you. I want us to do this together. I want us to cheer on the Isaacs and the chances. I want us to love the elderly and the aged. And I want us to do it together. Black and white, 18 years and 30 minute kind of people. I want to do it together even more. And I know we can, StorySide. I know that even in 2022, when social media is telling us it's falling apart, God still would remind us, I am building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, StorySide. There's more people to be saved. There is more turnaround and change. There's more baptisms. And I want you, I want you to be part of it. I want you to be part of it. Let's raise the levels. I'm gonna be a carrier of unity. I'm gonna be a carrier of alignment. I'm gonna be a carrier of love. I'm gonna be a carrier. I'm gonna play my part when he talks about the whole body. I don't know what part you'll play, but if you're the hand, if you're the feet, if you're the eyes, you're the mouth, I'm asking you today, will you play your part to the very best of your ability? Let's be the body of Christ. Let's be the body of Christ. Would you close your eyes today and give me an opportunity to pray? We're talking about more, more salvations, more baptisms, more life change. Maybe today you would say, Pastor Micah, I need life change in my life. I need life change in my life. Maybe you want to be saved. Maybe you need to repent. That means to turn from your sin. That would be your prayer today. I want change. That's the more that I need. I need forgiveness in my life. For others, maybe your I need prayer right now, this is self-reflection. Self-reflection. Maybe for you, you're saying, I, I need to get off the sidelines. I 
and I need to get back in the game. I know there's more in me. I know there's more in me. I could be coaching and mentoring someone. I could be gathering into a group. I could be loving. I could smile. I can hold a door. I could pray. I could come early and speak life over chairs in the room. I could get more involved in the community. You're talking about nursing homes or prisons. Pastor Micah, that sparked something on the inside of me. Maybe you're like, I want to be part of the Wednesday night Bible study at 9 o'clock. But if as we're praying, the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, play your part, play your part. We're not just paying a pastor to do everything. I want to play my part in the body of Christ. God, whatever you have for me, I want to do it. If it's in the marketplace, if it's on my job, I want to play my part. So it's not just the paycheck. Send me on assignment. Maybe that's your purse. Send me on assignment. What do you want me to do, God? But the last thing I want to do, the last thing I want to do, God, is to miss out on the calling and the purpose and the plan you have for my life. So whether you're starting with salvation or for some of you, praying prayers like, God, stir it up again, stir it up again. Stir it up again. Let me play my part in the body of Christ. It's 20 minutes after 10. If God's speaking to your heart right now, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Micah, would you pray for me right now? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. There's a lot of hands going up right now. I want to play my part. I don't want anything to hold that back. No division, no drama, no disunity, none of that. I don't want any of that to hold me back. I seriously think I've seen 80 or 90% of hands go up. That was a lot more honestly than, I, I'm, I'm glad the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Keep your hands raised just so I can pray for you. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for people today who are saying, I need forgiven, I need saved. People who would say, God, I turn my life over to you. I have not been fully committed to Christ and today. It's time for me to get, I want to get right with God. Hear their prayer today. For others who are saying, I've given my life to Christ, but, but I know I'm not using my gifts and talents, my time, my talent, my treasure. I'm not using it like I should. I pray that you would stir up people today to say, God, I want to play my part in the body of Christ. Use me, not just, not just a little bit here and there. I want 24-7. I want to be salt and light. Use me for your kingdom. I want to build and serve, build, serve, build, serve. Help me to play my part. I pray over every single person on site and online today. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you make this your prayer today and sing it out to him? God, build your church. Come on, sing it out to him. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. I don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Build your church. Build it from the ground up.